supposed to do like a group look with my drag family, and I'm also doing this video, so I figured I would just... Do all ones? Yeah. You're all doing Pokemon? Yeah. Are you excited for them? I don't know, I never played Pokemon. I have no idea, but... Are you like looking up stuff? No, I'm just gonna do blue. Because <laughs> blue is water, you know? It sounds like a good plan. Hi, and welcome back to episode... Wait, okay. No. Hi, and welcome to episode 16 of Murder is a Drag. Welcome back, if you've already been here. Welcome, if it's your first time here. Um, I, I tell stories of true crime. I get these names out here. I uh, do my makeup, and um, mm -hmm. that's how it works here. How does it work over there, up in your neck of the woods? This week has been McFrickin' Wild. I passed a math class for the first time in four years, which is ridiculous because I should have already taken this math credit like four years ago, but I finally passed that class. I have been very, very excited about that. And you know, I'm just booping and grooving. Before I get any further into this episode, I'm gonna say my sources and I'm gonna get used to saying my sources every week for every video. This week, I got information from avp.org, KSHB News, KMBC News, all news in Kansas City, Missouri, LGBTQNation.com, KansasCity.com, and the obituary for my victim from EliteFuneralChapel.com. I'm looking at a little teeny tiny baby Annabelle doll uh, because my parents got that for me. She's just kind of looking. Eyebrow removal, step one. This is when normal people would glue down their eyebrows, but since I am not normal people, I just shaved them off because that's what a rational human being does when they don't want to glue down their eyebrows anymore. Get rid of them. This week's case is the tragic murder of Teron Carson, a very talented makeup artist, performer, and pretty much all-around superstar from Kansas City, Missouri. Not a whole lot of people close to him called him Tehran. He had a lot of different nicknames, um, but the most popular one was definitely Rio. All of his friends and members of the community in the area called him Rio. Even his family called him Rio. So I'm going to call him Rio because it seems like that's what he would have wanted. Rio was born May 12th, 1993 in Kansas City, Missouri. He went to Northeast High School where he was very, very popular and very loved. He was actually class president both his junior and senior years of high school. Um, and he was prom king. He just, he was super handsome, had a ton of friends. He was very outgoing, um, really loved by his community. His parents were always really supportive of his sexuality. Um, and his dad even remembers telling him, who you love is nobody's damn business as long as they love you. That's great fucking advice, I'll tell you what. <laughs> After high school, Rio went on to study at the University of Kansas as well as Penn Valley Community College. Rio was a very sociable person and he was very well liked by everybody that he met. Like I said, his friends had a ton of different nicknames for him and I think that comes from his really exuberant personality where like he was just such a character that it was hard not to give him a nickname. <laughs> Like I said, he was a very talented makeup artist, and he worked at Sephora, um, slaying mugs all day long. He was very well liked by his coworkers there, and he never left the house with his eyebrows looking anything less than perfect. 
He also had a second job working at Chipotle in the city. So all in all, Rio really had his ducks in a row. He had he was he was set up for a successful life. And he had actually applied for a job to be a nutrition specialist at Kansas University or um excuse me, the University of Kansas. I think those might just be the same thing. He had actually gotten that job and just never got the chance to get the news that the job was his. There's a pretty large LGBTQ community out in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, like any bigger city in the U.S., there's always going to be a more concentrated population of LGBTQ people in the bigger cities that have the bars and the gay areas and safe places for us to go. And Rio was very active in his local community. He actually also did drag um, under the name Vanity Star and performed often at Missy B's, one of the long-standing gay bars in Kansas City. A close friend of his, Brittany Bronson, said she remembers when she had just came out of the closet, she befriended Rio, and his personality and willingness to be himself no matter what really inspired her to come out of the closet. Um, full force, come out of her shell full force and join that community and find her place there. She also talked briefly about how it's um, common in LGBT communities around the world to have a strange sense of family, maybe not strange sense of family, but a, a strong sense of family uh, within their community because so often queer youth are kicked out and disowned and you name it once they come out of the closet. So regardless of your situation at home, most of the time, um, LGBT people and members of communities will be more than welcoming and accept you in not only as a member of the community, but as a part of a family. And it really is a, a family. Brianna says that she remembers Rio as a ball of energy and describes him as that. She says, he was a ball of energy, a ball of light, a star in all the essence of what a star is. And if I picked up anything from his personality in my research, that's definitely something that I picked up. He was a star, that's for sure. So all in all, he was just a really great member of his community, a really active member of his community. He inspired all of his friends to be 100% genuine with themselves and not be scared to present who they are to the world as they are. Being as active as he was in the scene and amongst the um, gay nightlife in Kansas City. Um, it was very common for Rio to go out on the weekends and um, enjoy the nightlife and go dancing at the clubs in the area. So when he went out on Saturday, March 4th in the evening, it was unlike most other Saturday evenings for him. Rio went out to the club Aura in Kansas City and he was dancing and partying with friends. Everybody was having a great time. It was a typical Saturday for them. I mean, I know I love my Saturdays on a normal, non-pandemic world when everything's open. You know, they were just kind of kiki and having a good time. Around 3 a.m., uh, Rio left the bar and hugged his friend Brianna by and then walked to a nearby bench to um, wait for a ride. The bench was on the corner of 39th and Main Street um, and shortly after sitting down, a car drove by and witnesses saw multiple men get out of the vehicle, stop the car and get out of the vehicle. And then they fired multiple shots directly at Rio and nobody else and then drove away. Brittany remembers just finishing buckling her seatbelt when she heard shots ring out. Um, and then 
she said it was kind of a blur of her running out of the car and towards the sound of the shots while she was thinking what friends were at the club with her just then, who she saw leave, who got home safe, who left earlier, um, all before she got close enough to realize that it was actually her friend, Rio. He got to the hospital but was pronounced dead on arrival. Um, and as soon as that news spread, all of his friends and the community in general suspected that he was targeted. A lot of people shared that belief that Rio was targeted because he lived his life as a visibly queer person. You know, he was in drag often, he wore makeup daily, he was a makeup artist at Sephora after all. Y'all know they gotta do their makeup to the tens when they go to work, they gotta look like supermodels every day. So he was a very visibly queer person and it would have been easy for him to be targeted if anybody was gonna be targeted. Police came out really quickly with the theory that it was not a hate crime, but just a random shooting. Um, and this theory was based off of nothing other than just they didn't want it to be a hate crime, I guess. I'll get into that later. They claimed that Rio was just in, quote, the wrong place at the wrong time and said that anybody who was sitting on that bench in that moment would have been the victim of that murder. Mind you, this bench in question <clears throat> is right across the street from a gay club in a gay area of town. So, I mean, anybody who was sitting in that bench would have been murdered. Anybody who was sitting in that bench would have also probably been a queer person. So, either way, I don't understand how they so quickly ruled it out as a hate crime, but it had zero idea of what actually happened. So how can you rule something out before you know anything? You haven't ruled anything in yet. Detectives actually identified the car that was involved in the shooting, but um, claimed they don't know who was in the vehicle at the time or who that could have been in the vehicle at the time was actually shooting the gun. And they claimed early on that um, Rio was just the victim of a stray bullet from a multiple car shooting battle in, in the street, because I guess that happens often. And um, that had to be ruled out because there were multiple witnesses there who only saw one car um, and heard one gun shooting. Another one of Rio's close friends, D. Rashawn Gilmore, has been working really closely, well, attempting to work really closely with the Kansas City Police Department's um, LGBT liaison, Kim Shaw Ellis. Um, and he's been kind of working as the middle person between Kim Shaw Ellis and Rio's family in getting this case progressed along and getting answers in any progress at all. Uh, but she just keeps claiming that they don't have enough information, that they would need more tips, uh, yet they know the car involved and are just hoping that whoever they already know did this commits another crime that they can just rope into Rio's murder and get that solved. I don't, I'm not understanding how that process is working there for the Kansas City Police. And as of May 4th this year, the latest correspondence that Rashawn has received from anybody has been over a year old. And without any more answers or any arrests, it's just left this community and Rio's loved ones feeling abandoned and scared. They don't know who did this, who could have been targeting some. They don't know anything about what happened. It, their friend was just murdered and it seems like everybody has just forgotten about it. And while I was researching, I came across some really interesting articles about how this 
this murder was just a ploy from the left to make it a hate crime and further our gay agenda. You know how we have that gay agenda. Um, so an explanation of the importance of something being labeled a hate crime is that when something is considered a hate crime, the FBI would come in and investigate. And for whatever reason, Kansas City didn't want that happening. Maybe it's an ego problem. Maybe they didn't want to feel like they were getting their toes stepped on. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like they're doing any active work to try and get justice for Rio. Um, and it's not due to the lack of his family and it's not due to the lack of his family and loved ones trying to get him justice because they have been right there begging and pleading for the police to do something and to further the investigation. But they just keep saying that they're at dead ends and brick walls, but it, they seem to be at this brick wall that they just won't go around. One thing that Rio's friend Rashawn said that really resonated with me was that he's not received justice. And I feel like he's crying out, sort of from the deep, if you will, for justice. And we can celebrate his memory, we do. But it's hard to fully appreciate that while feeling like he was done so wrong and yet has received no form of justice. So that was a little bit about the life of Tehran Carson and what we know about how it was taken from him. This case is, as tragic as it is, kind of a good example of why it's so important to remember these victims and say their names and keep them in popular media and on social media because these cases go cold so fast and they can and will do that. And like his friend Rashawn said, people are definitely keeping his memory alive in his community, but it's hard to do that when you don't have any closure. If anybody thinks they might know anything more about what might have happened that night, May 5th, 2018 at 3 a.m., you can call the tip hotline presented on the screen somewhere. That was this week's case. It's time to finish up with some lips. And if you happen to see this look also used for a Pokemon photo shoot as a water trainer, don't say anything. You didn't see this video. This is... This is between us. Okay, time to finish, and then I'll come back, and I'll be pretty. Okay? Okay, one second. Bye. So, that's the look for this week. Um, I have my teeth in, so it's hard to talk. I have stickers, and I have social media, social media to follow. Like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, mostly Instagram and Facebook. Not a whole lot of Twitter action. Not a Twitter girl. Pose, 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 pose. See you guys next week. Mwah.